Dear Father in heaven, glory, praise, and honor be unto your holy name for your mercy and love, for your mighty power and goodness which has been bestowed upon us in sustaining our lives and giving to us all the basic necessities of life. I pray, Father, that as we go through the words of our devotion today, that you would bless us with your word. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord. For the sake of the death of your son Jesus on the cross of Calvary and for the sake of our salvation, Lord, please speak to us today words that would prove to be a blessing to us, that would cut off from us some sin in our lives that will help us to be more and more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, April 8 Two Against One Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Numbers chapter 12 verse 8 In the affections of the people and the honor of heaven, she, Miriam, stood second only to Moses and Aaron. But the same evil that first brought discord in heaven sprang up in the heart of this woman of Israel, and she did not fail to find a sympathizer in her dissatisfaction. Had Aaron stood up firmly for the right, he might have checked the evil. But instead of showing Miriam the sinfulness of her conduct, he sympathized with her, listened to her words of complaint, and thus came to share her jealousy. In the appointment of the seventy elders, Miriam and Aaron had not been consulted and their jealousy was excited against Moses. Miriam and Aaron had never known the weight of care and responsibility which had rested upon Moses. Yet, because they had been chosen to aid him, they regarded themselves as sharing equally with him the burden of leadership, and they regarded the appointment of further assistance as uncalled for. And they said, Had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses, had he not spoken also to us? Regarding themselves as equally favored by God, they felt that they were entitled to the same position and authority. God had chosen Moses and had put his spirit upon him. And Miriam and Aaron, by their murmurings, were guilty of disloyalty, not only to their appointed leader, but to God himself. He who has placed upon men the heavy responsibility of leaders and teachers of his people will hold the people accountable for the manner in which they treat his servants. We are to honor those whom God has honored. The judgment visited upon Miriam should be a rebuke to all who yield to jealousy and murmur against those upon whom God lays the burden of his work. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Two Against One. And here in the story of Moses, it's a very 
sad situation that happened between him and his siblings, Aaron and Mira. Of all the traits and characters that people would have, one that we wouldn't expect to find among those who are favored of God is the spirit of envy and jealousy. Because it is revealed when one has envy and jealousy that they also are trying to exalt self or have great ambition or are in a competition with whoever they are expressing their envy and jealousy against. And when it is seen that there is a sort of competition, then we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Are we really pure in heart? A pure heart is not just about one who doesn't cherish sensual thoughts. But I think, in my opinion, I would say that to cherish ambition against your brother as if you are in a competition with your fellow brother and to have envy and jealousy in the heart makes the heart also terribly, disgustingly impure. In the book of Numbers chapter 12, reading from verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Had he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, and above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out, you three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they there came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently not and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And these questions that the Lord asked Aaron and Miriam, he may well ask many today. Wherefore then? Were ye not afraid to speak against my servants today? The cause for this trouble between Miriam, Aaron, and Moses was nothing more than envy and self-seeking. What was it that caused the problem? There was in the heart of Miriam and Aaron suggestions from none other than Satan to make them feel slighted by Moses because of some decisions that Moses had taken. As you can see, what they brought forward was his marriage to Zipporah. And this is how envy works. Instead of bringing up the real issue that they have in their heart, which was that they wanted to be clear that they are on the same level with Moses and they were ambitious to be uh, people who felt that, oh, we are just as led of the Lord 
like Moses and he is not greater than us. That was really what they had in heart. But you can see what they brought forward was not what was really in their mind. What was really in the mind of Aaron and Miriam was the feeling of being slighted, was the feeling that Moses is not the one alone who the Lord has spoken to. But they brought up his marriage to Zipporah in the, in, as the main issue. But that was not really the issue. That was just something that they have been looking for to use to make him look like he's not as holy or as righteous or better than themselves. I'll read first of all before we talk about that. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 382, paragraph 4. It says, In the appointment of the 70 elders, Miriam and Aaron had not been consulted and their jealousy was excited against Moses. At the time of Jethro's visit, while the Israelites were on the way to Sinai, the ready acceptance by Moses of the counsel of his father-in-law had aroused in Aaron and Miriam a fear that his influence with the great leader exceeded theirs. In the organization of the council of the elders, they felt that their position and authority had been ignored. Miriam and Aaron had never known the weight of care and responsibility which had rested upon Moses. Yet, because they had been chosen to aid him, they regarded themselves as sharing equally with him the burden of leadership and they regarded the appointment of further assistance as uncalled for. End of quote. Now, you see the real issue between Moses and his siblings here in that there are some decisions Moses took that they felt they should have been consulted before those decisions were made. And the ones that they had in mind was firstly, his father-in-law, of course, who, somebody who they didn't really know when Moses went to Midian, he lived with someone, Jethro, and married the daughter of Jethro, Zipporah. They didn't really know him. And as they were leaving from Egypt, before they even got to Sinai where the Lord proclaimed the commandments to them, before they even went into that idolatry, that was when Jethro met Moses and told him, this work is too much for you. Why don't you appoint people who would listen to the cause of everyone and they would judge the matter instead of you being the one judging everybody's issue. Him taking the counsel of Jethro without consulting Aaron and Miriam. Aaron and Miriam felt that he did wrong. And I know today there are many people like that, Aaron and Miriam, who would feel that, ah, you didn't tell us. That's the statement that is usually made. Ah, you didn't tell us as though they actually need to be told something that was just common sense that uh, a decision that Moses made but the real problem in their heart was they want to be a part of the decision and you there's this satisfaction you feel when you know that oh I was a part of it I was part of those who made this decision and now uh, I, I they feel honored you feel like they are in a high position and that was what Aaron and Miriam were cherishing in their minds that decisions were being made like the one where Moses selected those people who will be judging the different cases and what just happened after the rebellion of the children of Israel asking for flesh. When the work was too much for Moses, which these people, Aaron and Miriam, didn't understand what Moses was passing through. It's not as if Moses couldn't handle the work by himself. We've already seen that the Lord put upon him a spirit that could make him handle it, but he fell under the burden of care and requested from the Lord that he needed help. And the Lord provided this help graciously for, 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 uh, for Moses. Aaron and Miriam, not understanding what Moses was passing through, felt that Moses slighted them by appointing other people to lead, thinking that for him to have appointed other people to bring them up to, to, to their level as leaders was a slight to them. 
and Aaron, of course, being the amiable type, have this thing, has these things in mind. He will not express it to Moses. Aaron is that type who will just keep quiet. He won't say nothing. He already cherished it in his mind. And in cherishing that, instead of being one who would defend Moses, instead of being one who would actually um, stand and check any evil, that any evil thing that somebody wants to say about Moses, when they, there was no sin Moses had committed, and instead of doing defending Moses, instead, when Miriam complained, he also joined. Continuing the reading, Moses felt the importance of the great work committed to him as no other man had ever felt it. He realized his own weakness and he made God his counselor. Aaron esteemed himself more highly and trusted less in God. He had failed when entrusted with responsibility, giving evidence of the weakness of his character by his base compliance in the matter of the idolatrous worship at Sinai. But Miriam and Aaron, blinded by jealousy and ambition, lost sight of this. Aaron had been highly honored by God in the appointment of his family to the sacred office of the priesthood. Yet even this now added to the desire for self-exaltation. And they said, Had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses, hath he not spoken also by us? Regarding themselves as equally favored by God, they felt that they were entitled to the same position and authority. Yielding to the spirit of dissatisfaction, Miriam found cause of complaint in events that God had especially overruled. The marriage of Moses had been displeasing to her. That he should choose a woman of another nation instead of taking a wife from among the Hebrews was an offense to her family and national pride. Zipporah was treated with ill disguised contempt. When Zipporah rejoined her husband in the wilderness, she saw that his burdens were wearing away his strength, and she made known her fears to Jethro, who suggested measures for his relief. Here was the chief reason for Miriam's antipathy to Zipporah. Smarting under the supposed neglect shown to herself and Aaron, she regarded the wife of Moses as the cause, concluding that her influence had prevented him from taking them into his counsels as formerly. Had Aaron stood up firmly for the right, he might have checked the evil. But instead of showing Miriam the sinfulness of her conduct, he sympathized with her, listened to her words of complaint, and thus came to share her jealousy. End of quote. Miriam had no right whatsoever to complain about Moses' marriage to Zipporah. She knew well that Moses was an exile from Egypt for 40 years. And within those 40 years, Moses was already 80 years now, he married someone. But did he marry an unbeliever as she was painting it to be? She didn't care about the kind of life Zipporah was living. All she talked about was her ancestry. As though ancestry is what makes a person a child of God. God has his people all around. Even though he called Abraham, there were still people in Abraham's family who were not Israelites. They were worshipping God. And even there was a man called Melchizedek who was also a priest of God. Jethro is described in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 as a priest. He says, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. Now he doesn't say priest of God, but we will know what kind of priest Jethro was when he finally met uh, 
Moses when they came out of Egypt and had crossed the Red Sea. In Exodus 18, reading from verse 1, it says, When Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah's wife and uh, uh, after he had sent her back. In verse 5, it says, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons. Now, Moses explains to Jethro all that happened in Egypt, told him about the ten plagues, how Pharaoh was finally broken down, he told him about how the Red Sea was parted, and what did Jethro do? In Exodus 18 verse 9 it says, And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who had delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who had delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. And in verse 12 it says, listen now, and Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. So what kind of priest was Jethro? He was a priest of God and his children were children of God. Zipporah was a spiritual, godly lady who was a worshipper of God. Miriam had no reason to spite her. Reading in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 385, paragraph 1, it says, Though called a Cushite woman, the wife of Moses was a Midianite and thus a descendant of Abraham. In personal appearance, she differed from the Hebrews in being of somewhat darker complexion. Though not an Israelite, Zipporah was a worshipper of the true God. End of quote. So, here we see that Miriam had no reason whatsoever to spite um, the marriage of Moses. It is like people today who want to find fault. They are accusing Moses, oh, you married an unbeliever. And why was she doing that? She was trying to find a fault in Moses' life to make him not to look as pure, as holy and as righteous as he actually is, to bring his life down and make people to look down on him. But Moses bore it in silence. We must be careful. When you want to pick a fault and you are just finding evil in people's lives, it is not a good thing. That is what envy does and that's what Miriam was doing. Picking up something. If she was there for the marriage of of Moses, I wonder what she would have said. Oh, she would have said, oh, look at your marriage. They did not even conduct it according to the plan of God. Then where you did it, you did not consult the Israelites. You did not consult your brethren. If you want to find fault in someone's life, you just look hard enough. You don't even need to look too far. You will find it. You can just pick any fault you want, even based on how the person's eyes is or whatever. An envious person can just find fault anywhere, anyhow. And we need to be careful of this spirit of envy that Miriam and Aaron were cherishing in their heart. Hmm. Envy is a terrible thing. And I would like us to look at Aaron's part in this matter. Instead of Aaron killing the root of bitterness that was springing up in the minds, in the mind of Miriam, he shared it. And just the two of them, these two people against Moses, were going to cause a divide in Israel. All envy needs, all jealousy needs is just one more person who can listen. And once they find one more person who can listen, the rest, they say, is history. Miriam and Aaron were going to be a root of bitterness in Israel if this thing goes unchecked. Good enough, the Lord checked it. But the main thing we're looking at is how did they come to this position? One thing we always need to ask ourselves whenever we feel bitter over people, ask yourself, have they, has this person committed any sin, really? 
And when you cannot see any sin in what the person has done, when I say sin now, in harmony with God's commandments, have they done anything wrong? No. When they have not, then leave it at what it is. This person has not sinned. Do not, in your effort to exalt self, when you feel slighted, try to paint things in a way to make somebody look like a sinner and kill the person's influence. You see, they felt Moses was sidelining them and not respecting them enough. Bitterness came up and was displayed against Moses' wife, Zipporah, because they felt that she was the one making Moses not to consult them. Aaron showed that he also entertained ambitious thoughts by not checking Miriam when he heard her complaining. Ambition is what makes us feel slighted. Envy, jealousy, make you feel slighted. Oh, you're not carrying me along. That's how they felt. Moses, you're not carrying us along. Carry us along. And they make Moses look like a sinner over something. Had Moses committed any sin? No, he had not. In selecting the elders to uh, assist him in the work, was that a sin? No, it was not. But these people, Aaron and Miriam, felt bad about it and would paint the matter as though Moses was one great sinner. We are to be quick to fill our place and not be envious of others. They had a place the Lord had given to them to assist. But they wanted more than assistance. It reminds us of none other than Satan. Satan was given a high position in heaven. And in his position, he envied the Lord's position, wanting to be in God's position. And that is what Miriam and Aaron were doing now. It is important for us in our own lives to recognize those whom God has set to do a special work for him. And having recognized them, if the Lord has given you an opportunity to be uh, and a privilege as it is for everyone to, to assist in the work, let us fill our place faithfully and not exalt self to think that, oh, we are to be, uh, we are on the same level, on the same position. As far as in God's eyes, Jesus died for everybody. We are all equal. But when it comes to the tasks and positions and work that God has given, there are special people who the Lord has selected. And Moses was like one of them. Moses was a special person God had selected. It is supposed to be a privilege to walk along with him. And everyone is to fill their place happily. But not so for Miriam and Aaron. They allowed the devil to bring envy into their hearts. And how does this envy show in the lives of people? Even today, it has shows in competition. Whenever we recognize God's leading and you see him leading someone to do a special work, we are not to put ourselves in competition against those who the Lord has especially chosen to lead but we are to assist and do our part. Aaron and Miriam said in their mind, is it only Moses that understands the Bible? That's exactly what they were saying. Has the Lord spoken only by Moses? Has he not also spoken by us? Now they are comparing their lives with Aaron's, with Moses' life. The Bible, is it only him that understands it? We also understand the Bible. Has, not, has, not, has God not spoken to us by, and by us also? In fact, some of the things he knows now, this Moses, were we not the ones that even taught him? Why is he thinking he is the main leader? We are on the same level with him. He is not greater than us. What is the big deal in what he knows? Whatever he knows, I also know. In fact, he married. He even married a non-Israelite and his children are not pure blood. He married a non-reformer. Our lives are more in harmony with God's will than his. He has even killed a man before, do you remember? and we we haven't done anything like that we are not killers in fact miriam would say perhaps 
my life is more righteous than his i've not killed anybody i've not lied i didn't run away after all i didn't even grow up in the courts of egypt and imbibed some of the theories and teachings of egypt neither did i marry a a non-israelite he married a worldly person which is a constant sin in his life so we are even better than him and thus they began to disregard their leader you see zipporah was a godly woman and she was not in somebody who was not in harmony with God's will. She was. But because of envy, Aaron and Miriam were looking for something in Moses' life that they would pick up and use against him. Ambition and self-exaltation is not good. We need to humble ourselves. Moses was their younger brother. But we are to be more concerned. They were to be more concerned about the work he was doing, not about whether he's their younger brother or not. Most likely, that's the reason they felt envious of him. Joshua, who was working with Moses, did not entertain these thoughts. And many others did not entertain these thoughts. Why? They had a humble opinion of themselves, but not so with with Aaron and Miriam. Moses was their younger brother and he was doing a great work. The best thing they could do was to assist him in that work, regardless of whether he's their younger brother or not. They were to be more concerned about the work of God being done and not selfishly to want it to be always by them that the work is done. Sometimes we see ourselves being concerned about who does the work, not about whether the work is done. And when we look at Miriam and Aaron's character, how different the character of John and Jonathan in contrast to the spirit of Aaron and Miriam. They were not ambitious for their personal glory, but more for the glory of the Lord of Israel. And even if they were not the ones getting recognition as John and Jonathan, they were content as far as the work of God was being done. Jonathan was, was the son of Saul. He was supposed to be the next king. There was Goliath. Nobody could defeat him. David came and defeated Goliath. From that day, Jonathan loved David to the point that later of his own will, he said, David, I, you should have the throne. Gave him his own uh, signets of things that will show that he is committing to David the leadership. Jonathan was a very selfless person and so with John the Baptist selfless people all they are concerned about is that the work of god should be done not that they should be the one doing it and getting the glory that's not what their imagination is if there is somebody who can do it better than them oh they are happy and there was someone david was selected by god to do the work saul was trying to incite envy in the mind of jonathan and even insulted him and saying to him don't you see that this boy is going to take your place jonathan had no problem with that John the Baptist had no problem with Jesus taking his place. John the Baptist did not say to Jesus, Why did you select disciples without consulting me? John the Baptist did not say to Jesus, Why are you going about your work and you are not even coming to visit me? John the Baptist was happy and he said, He shall increase while I decrease and this my joy is fulfilled. But this was not what Miriam and Aaron were doing. They were concerned for their own personal glory and not for the glory of God. The work of God was being done by Moses and this was supposed to be their joy. It was supposed to be their happiness regardless of whether it was being done through them or not. But they were not happy in that the work was being done and they were not involved in some other part of it. And this is the same spirit that we may cherish today. We are to be careful not to cherish the spirit of envy. John and Jonathan were willing to give the position to someone 
both younger and less positioned than themselves so that the work of God will be done. They did not feel slighted because they were not consulted, but they were happy to know that the work of God was advancing. This is the spirit we are to have. We are not to have an envious spirit. Envy is evil. Reading from Councils for the Church, page 175, paragraph 3, it says, We are not to allow our perplexities and disappointments to eat into our souls and make us fretful and impatient. Let there be no strife, no evil thinking or evil speaking, lest we offend God. My brother, if you open your heart to envy and evil surmising, the Holy Spirit cannot abide with you. Seek for the fullness that is in Christ. Labor in his lines. Let every thought and word and deed reveal him. You need a daily baptism of the love that in the days of the apostles made them all of one accord. This love will bring health to the body, mind and soul. Surround your soul with an atmosphere that will strengthen spiritual life. Cultivate faith, hope, courage and love. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. This is what we are supposed to do for us, for ourselves. Maybe you are in, uh, in church and you see in church to this same thing is happening. Politics, envy, jealousy, people fighting against one another for position. And because of that, they start to look at the lives of others. Like in the case of Miriam and Aaron, they looked and searched in the life of Moses to magnify something in his life that was not really evil. What sin did Moses commit in marrying Zipporah? Zero. What sin did Moses commit in selecting people to help in the judging of the things that were going on in Israel or in listening to Jethro? Was it a sin? No, it was not. Was it a sin for him to feel at that time that he needed help because of the weight of the burden upon him and selected others to assist in the work? No, it was not. But to an envious mind, they know how to twist things to look evil. An envious mind knows how to search another person's life, bring out things that are innocently done, and even when it is done to help them, in this case of Moses, he needed assistance. And because of that assistance, Zipporah was an assistance to him. Jethro was an assistance to him. The 70 elders were an assistance to him. And the judges that were selected before, they were all assistance to Moses. And Moses, as far as he was concerned, was just trying to make the work of the Lord to move forward. But Aaron and Miriam, that was not the case. They wanted to, to take glory to themselves. Aaron especially. And you see what Aaron did, they're very sly and wicked. We are to be careful not to do what Aaron did. When you see a person who the Lord has selected to do a work and the person is doing the work and you are cherishing evil in your mind, when you hear somebody expressing a thought of envy and jealousy or trying to pick out a fault in that person's life, which you know very clearly, this is not the fault. What has he done wrong? If you are cherishing envy in your heart, how will it show? It will show by you allowing the thing to move forward. Instead of you checking the person, there, is, there was no need for, for Moses to even know what, went, what happened. There was no need for Moses to hear from Miriam. Aaron was supposed to put a check to it there and then and he was supposed to tell her like we read, tell her of her sin. Let her know that this thing, this thought you are cherishing in your mind is a sin. This is no time for you to go and say if you have ought against your brother, go and tell him. There was no need for Miriam to go and tell Moses what she felt in her mind if Aaron had done what he was supposed to do. And what was he supposed to do? Let her know clearly, look, you don't have a case here. In your feeling bad that Moses married Zipporah or that he selected 70 elders, you have no case. It won't fly. There's no, it doesn't hold water what you're complaining about. You better deal with the jealousy and envy in your heart. But what did Aaron do? Mm, 
me too, I'm looking at it too. I've just been seeing it as you saw it. That's just how me, I'm seeing it too. I saw how he selected 70 others on that day. He did not tell me too. Just as you saw it, me too, I don't know. Maybe you should go and ask him. And that's how, that's how Aaron dealt with the issue. Instead of checking Miriam, he told her, maybe you should go and ask him. And then, in maybe you should go and ask him, that was where he led her to also go into the scene. He himself, in his mind, was cherishing something that was not good and it showed in him not checking it. If you really trust someone, if you know you are not cherishing envy in the heart or jealousy, what will you do? At that moment, you will defend the person and say, look, what you are saying here, it doesn't fly. There's no need for you to go and ask him anything. You better not take this, your complaint to him. Stop it. You are doing evil. And that is it. And you help the person and let the person come out of their sin. But this was not what Aaron did. And we should learn a lesson about ourselves, not just about what we should do. Do you see in yourself? Because envy is something that hides in the mind. It hides in the heart. It doesn't, even those who have it sometimes, they don't even know what they're about. They're just envious, not even knowing they're being jealous. But the decisions you make will tell you whether you're envious or not. Ask yourself, when somebody comes to give you the bad news about someone you really trust, somebody that you're backing, how do you take it? Do you usually tell the person, go and meet him and talk to him? Do you usually tell the person that, mm, it's how I saw it too? Or will you defend the person? Most likely, when you trust, you will defend. That's what you will do. You will defend the person. But then, when you have something in your heart also, that's not what you do. You would also, because you are cherishing the evil, would permit it to go on or even feel like you need to confront there was no need for them to confront Moses in this matter because it was a clear issue there was no sin Moses had committed in confronting Moses on this matter they just shot themselves on the foot but also brought a heartache to him unnecessarily unnecessarily brought a heartache to Moses by confronting him it was not necessary as we read again from councils for the church page 176 paragraph 2 it says the tongue that delights in mischief the babbling tongue that says report and i will report it is declared by the apostle james to be set on fire of hell it scatters firebrands every on every side what cares the vendor of gossip that he defames the innocent he will not stay his evil work though he destroy hope and courage in those who are already sinking under their burdens he cares only to indulge his scandal loving propensity even professed Christians close their eyes to all that is pure, honest, noble, and lovely, and treasure up whatever is objectionable and disagreeable and publish it to the world. Wow. Going on to paragraph 4, it says, I saw that the very spirit of perjury that will turn truth into falsehood and good into evil and innocence into crime is now active. Before I continue, these, these words exactly describes what Miriam and Aaron did. They turned innocent things done by Moses into crime. The good things he, turned, he did, they turned it into evil. And the truth in the things he was saying was turned into falsehood. And as I say again, analyze all, decisions, all the decisions Moses made. Is it wrong to marry? No, it is not. And the person he married, they could find the, the, the thing is that they went they were looking for fault and they were able to find one. You must find you will find one. If you are searching for it, you'll find it. And they found it. Moses' wife. 
and they were not complaining about the advice he gave to her but they were complaining about her descent look at where she's from this is somebody who used to do this or do that moses how come you married somebody like this? are you I, as, as the lord spoke to you he also spoke to us your life tells us very well that you are not holier than us and as far as you're not holier than us you are not higher than us you are not our our uh, our commander i'm on the same level with you comparing their whole their own life especially someone like miriam who we don't have any record of her doing any evil she would feel i'm more righteous than moses i'm holier than him so he's not on the he's not uh, any better than myself councils for the church page 176 paragraph 4 i saw that the very spirit of perjury that will turn truth into falsehood good into evil and innocence into crime is now active satan exalts over the condition of god's professed people while many are neglecting their own souls they are they eagerly watch for an opportunity to criticize and condemn others all have defects of character and it is not hard to find something that jealousy can interpret to their injury now say these self-constituted judges we have facts we will fasten upon them an accusation from which they cannot clear themselves they wait for a fitting opportunity and then produce their bundle of gossip and bring forth their tidbits hmm. this is exactly what it what, what happens finding fault hoping to find it waiting to find it and they eventually find it if you want to find fault in anybody's life it's not hard look very critically you'll find one but then after you find it what are you going to do with it then is you the person who is looking for the fault your crime becomes more and even worse than the person who you found the fault in and in moses case what fault did they really find none they only just twisted things to make it to be magnified it painted it in such pictures that will look so bad that moses will now look like a sinner and then him looking bad then they will now feel like they're on the same level with him that is what envy does instead of working hard to come up higher instead it will work hard to bring another person down to their own level so this is what envy does but true christians don't do this Councils for the Church, page 177, paragraph 2 says, God's all-seeing eye notes the defects of all and the ruling passion of each, yet he bears with our mistakes and pities our weakness. He bids, he bids his people cherish the same spirit of tenderness and forbearance. True Christians will not exalt in exposing the faults and deficiencies of others. They will turn away from the vileness and deformity to fix the mind upon that which is attractive and lovely to the christian every act of fault finding every word of censure or condemnation is painful are you a christian is fault finding painful to you if it is not then you should ask yourself whether you are truly a christian from our reading today it says he who has placed upon men the heavy responsibility of leaders and teachers of his people will hold the people accountable for the manner in which they treat his servants we are to honor those whom god has honored the judgment visited upon miriam should be a rebuke to all who yield to jealousy and murmur against those whom god lays the burden of his work so what was the judgment god visited upon miriam the lord struck her with leprosy she became a leper instantly she was white as snow is what the bible says because of this act of hers and after that aaron himself became afraid reading from numbers chapter 12 reading from verse 
9 says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. The Lord is giving a warning to us today. Let us be careful what we say about his appointed servants. Because the Lord will not take it lightly. Why is that so? Because there is a law of the mind that when it is prejudiced against someone, they will not listen to that person again. If Miriam and Aaron had continued in this act, there would be prejudice aroused against Moses and it would be impossible for Moses to lead the children of Israel anymore. Why? Because of the tidbits, because of the jealousy and envy that Aaron and and uh, Miriam would have been spreading against Moses. This would have caused a division in Israel and it, leading Israel would have become impossible. Among us today, we should be careful. Even if you do see a fault in one whom you know that the Lord is leading to do a great work, it is not for you to go about spreading it. As we read, true Christians will not exalt in exposing the faults and deficiencies of others. They will turn away their they will turn away from vileness and deformity to fix the mind upon that which is attractive and lovely. Of what good is it to you if you say you are really in God's work and you are helping to do God's work and you are trying to further God's work when you find a problem in the life of which, of which they didn't even find a problem in Moses' life. But if you find a problem, a fault in the life of a leader, somebody who is doing the work of God, how are you, are you helping that work by exposing it? Or are you not even... Are you not even uh, spoiling the work by exposing it? That is exactly what you are doing. And now they are expecting Moses to apologize to them. And today too the same thing happens. When people go to magnify the things in people's lives that are not really problems, making issues where they are none, trying to paint them as black whereas they are not, trying to make evil look good and good look evil, they expect apologies. Was that what Moses was supposed to do? No, that was not what he was supposed to do. And that is what many people want to exalt in today. They want to bring people down and make sure they apologize to them. But that was not what Moses was supposed to do. Reading from Manuscript Releases, page 160, paragraph 2, we are told, To those who have been injured without a cause, the words of this scripture apply. If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Their failure to comply with the instruction given in the text is not due to the course of action that they themselves have pursued, but to the envy, jealousy, and evil surmising of those who have been in the wrong. Thus a division is caused. How can it be healed? Shall the man that has been sinned against, that is in this case now, Moses was the man sinned against, shall the man that has been sinned against, misjudged, and maligned be called to account? to find something in his past course by which he can humiliate himself and acknowledge himself in the wrong for the sake of making peace? No, 
if he has conscientiously gone forward under oppression of wicked feelings that have been welcomed in the hearts of the fault-finding, if he has been patient under the abuse, if he has tried to do his duty, he is not to humble himself, to acknowledge that he is guilty. He does the offenders a great wrong thus to take their guilt upon his soul, admitting that he has given them occasion for their cause of action when he has done no such thing. This is very gratifying to those who have done the work of the enemy, but heaven's books record the facts just as they stand. Concessions that are not true from the one who has been wrongfully treated gratifies the feelings of the carnal heart. Their position has been interpreted by them as zeal for God, that's like Miriam and Aaron. When in truth it is zeal to do the work of the adversary of souls, they do not dig out from their hearts the root of bitterness, but leave the fibers to spring up when Satan shall stir them up again to active growth. But the axe must be laid at the root of the tree. Heart work is needed. True conversion is essential. The nature must be renewed after the divine image until the work of grace is completed in the soul. End of quote. So here is real life situations that we see around us. When people try to bring out faults in people's life, they say it is because of them. The reason I said what I said, the reason I did what I did is because they too did not do right. They should try their best. As a leader, you should try your best to ensure that you don't give people reason to say things about you that is wrong. Make sure you live a life that is blameless and this and that and that. But what they are looking at, the things they are even complaining about are non-issues. They are making the innocence of someone to look like it is an evil thing. And then they're expecting that the person should apologize to them for creating an occasion for them to have complained. They're expecting that they are justified in their complaining and in the things that they have said when they are the ones who have gone wrong in the evil surmising and sowing evil seed here and there. These people, as we have read, are are to be the ones who are to apologize, not the person who they have spoken against. And they would, like they said, like we read now, it says, it says, he does the offenders a great wrong thus to take their guilt upon his soul, admitting that he has given them occasion for their cause of action when he has done no such thing. Moses had not done anything to give them occasion for the things they've said. Somebody would say, eh, but Moses, next time, that's what some people won't say, eh, but I've understood, but next time, this is not the way you should do it. Tell them first so that they will not think this way again as if they had any right to think that way in the first place. And today, people do the same thing. When they find fault in people's lives that they realize, okay, this person is actually innocent, they say, next time, maybe you should consider telling them this or doing this to avoid them doing that. Are they excused for doing what they did? No, they are not. And we too should learn, if you apologize for something, when you know that you are not wrong, you are giving the other person more reason to even continue their evil and justifying the evil that they did. So, Moses was not supposed to apologize and so also those who have been wronged where they are digging up dirt in their lives where there is none, they are not to feel that they are to make any apology or concession to the people who have felt wronged because that would be to increase their bitterness to make it spring up and stir them up more into active growth. The lessons we have learned so far is this now. Rather than questioning and rather than encouraging questioning, we are to check those who express dissatisfaction. We are not to twist things that are apparently innocent out of envy to make them look bad, claiming that it is detrimental to God's work when 
you see that there's when there's really nothing like that and the, but the real reason is just that they are trying to malign the character of those who are doing God's work. Be careful the things you say about God's ministers who are really doing his work, lest you spoil their influence and make the work they are doing to become difficult and eventually it's God's work. The Lord sees these things and we should be careful and repent of such characters if we have encouraged such things in our lives. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, please forgive us for the times we have gossiped. Many of us have been involved in it. We pray, Father, that you will help us not to do this. Especially, Lord, we pray that you will root out envy and jealousy from our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be more concerned about your work moving forward than to be concerned about our own self-exaltation. Help us, Lord, to look more into seeing that your work is done regardless of, of he by whom it is done. Whether it is us or someone else, help us to rejoice in it that we may not cherish in our hearts the spirit of envy and jealousy that will lead into so many evils. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we've done it. Have mercy on us, O Lord, and cleanse us from evil. Cleanse us from sin, O Lord. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.